Underwood. Thin Ice! <laughs> to smoke some weed and shut up. My God. There it is. Boom! Yes! All right. Damn it. Whatever. Who cares? I mean, what does it matter at this point? Uh, episode 176, November 13th, 2023. Line Eye Basketball Podcast from Armchair Line Eye. Shout out to Armchair Line Eye. Uh, hey, good been, work. Got him. Haven't, haven't been saying that, and I apologize. Yeah, but. Uh, there it is right there. Had to put a reminder. I'm going to do that every episode to put a reminder there to remember to do that. But the logo is in the top right, armchairline.com. Check that out. Where'd our names go? Now people don't even know who we are. I'm Tyler. Good That's point. Ethan. Good point. Uh, I'll fix that. That's a Apparently post, it's broke. Post, post watch party thing. Because oh, uh, I turned it off during the watch party. So I obviously haven't fixed that since. Uh, episode 176. I think I already said that. Um, I have to say, I think Thanksgiving is is creeping up faster than maybe ever before. Like it, ten days is, you know, feels low. It does, but um, uh, there it is. I mean, I think time to put up the Christmas tree. I think Illinois uh, schedule wise, I think it would help if they were playing in like a real feast week event, which I can't remember the last time they were playing in a real feast week event. I, I have they done anything since Maui in twenty eighteen or whatever. Uh, Man, I not that I can remember, but you know how my memory is. I wish they were. I wish they were. Um, so. All right, Illinois, two and zero. Two and zero, yeah, solid two and zero. Uh, Steve, what's going on? Fly the dub. What's up? Squared circle squares made it for one. He says we got to talk about Marquette. We got to talk about Oakland first. Um, I'll bore you guys with some of that. Ethan will probably fall asleep. But, you know, it is what it is. So, uh, Schlag Boy says, who are these people? Um, oh. Fly the Dub says, who's Taylor and Evan? I don't know. Uh, Illinois ranked 23rd nationally. Yes. Uh, they Can you think of up. how much how much up. lamer this show would be if those were our names? Brutal. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, by the way, I said I got into the game preview section at two minutes on the dot at 2-0. Shout out to me for that. Good uh, stuff. Didn't yeah. Need to do that. Yeah. Illinois, um, I, they started slow again. Uh, that's kind of going to be their thing. Uh, down 8 0, like a minute and a half into it. Uh, for Oakland, though, they did hit a couple good shots, I guess. To, you know, a three with somebody in the face. I think another one with somebody in the face. Anyways, Illinois decided to figure it out. Defense was a big part of how they figured it out. Um, and I think that our two. Player of the games kind of, kind of enforce that defense. Were there so. multiple games or just players of the game? Okay, players anyway. of the games. Uh, Terrence Shannon Jr. is my selection, and honestly, um, I think Illinois gets off to a faster start or a better start if he was playing the type of defense he played in the second half. Yeah, uh, it seemed like the team kind of fed off him. Like when he started going chasing Golki or whatever the heck his name was, uh, that was your player to watch, by the way. Three and point king. Terrence Shannon put him in hell, uh, yeah. as they say. So, yeah. Torture chamber, some might say. Torture chamber, sure, maybe. Eight, uh, that dude is eight for 24 from three in two games. He's only shot threes, right? Yeah. That's two for six in this game. Ohio State let him shoot 18. So, yeah. 
Yeah, and it seemed like it seemed like once Shannon stepped up defense, Rogers kind of stepped up his defense. Gary A um, got tasked with uh, being on Townsend, who was their who was Oakland's leading scorer, kind of shut him down. And Illinois went on that like eleven possession run where they didn't allow a basket. So you know it kind of all stemmed from that. And to hold the team to fifty three, I mean, yeah, the offense wasn't there, but hold them to fifty three. You can't be mad about that. Um, Terrence Shannon had 15 points. He played 37 minutes, most of anybody. Um, five for 12, two of six from three, uh, two rebounds, five assists, three steals. Uh, he had all three steals for Illinois, and a lot of those were kind of picking the ball out uh, when when Golke was coming off the uh, the screens. So, and he got a couple breakaways. I think he he uh, muffed one of the breakaways, but two of them he. He got away with. So um, Underwood said, quote, maybe one of the best defensive performances by a perimeter player I've seen was Terrence Shannon tonight. So best he's ever seen. Yeah, that feels like a bit of an exaggeration, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, MJ said, heard that before. Terrence brought the energy. He led his team like a leader. Yeah. Uh, Underwood said that he's been a lot more vocal uh lately so hopefully you can keep doing that i don't know why that stayed up uh my player of the game was quincy the candy man gary a uh new father by the way uh first thing underwood mentioned was he had a kid the day before or two days before so he really hadn't been with the team uh, but congratulations to him and his fiance on that uh 13 points for quincy Five of nine from the field. He was one of three from three. Had ten rebounds. Nice little double double. One assist. One block. Um, it, it seemed like when Illinois went on that run, I think they went on like a. I wrote it down here somewhere. They went on a big run, like under ten minutes, uh, twenty-two to three run. When they went on that run, uh, Coleman, who wasn't playing well most of the game, kind of went to the block, or went to the elbow. Sorry, um, went to the elbow and Quincy kind of snuck behind that one, three, one defense. Um, and that's where they got a lot of their scoring and that's where Quincy got a lot of his scoring. So it was nice to see. Um, I thought it was under, it was, it was interesting. Underwood said, quote, they play that damn junk defense, one, three, one defense or whatever the hell that is. So Underwood was not happy with the one, three, one. I wouldn't be either if my offense looked the way it did in the first <laughs> Half of the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jeff says Hawkins needs to change his mental status or he or he won't be playing NBA ball. Yeah, I think he's got a long, lot of way to go. Uh, Warner says dad strength is legit. Steve says I'm a huge Coleman fan, but really tired of his crying and bitching the last couple of years. Are we going to have to do this again, guys? I mean, we should because he, he is he, crying he and eight, bitching. Eight. He had eight, eight, and five. He was perfectly fine in this game. Sometimes the calls don't go your way, and you just have to take it. But he's not a guy that does that. Like he had eight, eight, and five, and only two turnovers. He played almost thirty minutes. Like why do Illinois won this game? Okay, they won it in ugly fashion. Have you seen some of the other Big Ten teams that were because he was obsolete for so long? Hold on, in the same area of <laughs> Illinois and the Big Ten and the. <laughs> Like Maryland, what do they look like? Have you seen uh, Indiana's home games? Army was 0-2 with two losses to terrible teams. They hung with Indiana until the very end last night. This team has a lot of new pieces. I feel yeah. like that matters. Does that not matter? Do you think Ty Rogers has played that much basketball with Terrence Shannon 
or Coleman Hawkins. Guys, just remember, just remember, Ethan's the only one that can bitch about this team. Anybody else that does. I don't see why our takeaway from this game is Coleman Hawkins crying. Like he did in the first game. He's done it his entire career. career. I agree. Why does anybody care? Especially, I don't like bringing it up in a game where he had eight, eight and five and he played well. Bring it up after the game, the first game, where he played like five minutes. Yeah. I mean, I he played well after Underwood benched him for being a baby. So uh, he needs a man up and play damn ball. He takes himself out of games. I I mean, I think Coleman was a huge part of why Illinois went on that run, um, putting him at the wing or putting him at the elbow. And him, he had a really nice no-look pass. To Gary, he's he, I think he threw like three no look passes that probably didn't need to happen, but that happens. So that's Coleman. I you just it, we got to learn to take the good with the bad, right? I don't know. It's also two games, but yeah, I think Gary. Um, moving on, Trey Townsend. Um, Townsend ended up with 19 points, but Gary kind of shut him down towards the end. They kept going back to him, going back to him. Um, and I think it's weird. Underwood said. Um, that he doesn't usually change what he does. Um, he said, quote, every action they ran was for, for him, and we changed our coverage for him, which is something I don't usually do. Do you think it's weird that the coach never changes? I mean, I know that we've talked about this before because Brad does Brad things, but it's weird that he admitted it to me. Yeah. Yeah. I- I'm, mm-hmm. I'm too busy looking at the comments. That's fine. Uh, Quincy said, quote, we want our defense to be our identity. That way we can win when we're not shooting well like tonight. So that's that's what matters. Uh, Coleman Hawkins, three of five, two of two from the free throw line, eight points, eight rebounds, five assists. I I think you take that from Coleman any night. I I, I agree. I'm in the, in the boat with the guys that complain about how he complains. So, um, but I, he he kind of took his medicine, Underwood benched him for a little while, and then he came back in and he did what he needed to do to get this team a victory. I mean, if you if you're if you're five, technically five can get you five assists, you're gonna take that. I would like to not talk about the refs in a game against Oakland. Um, bad calls, schmad calls. They shot nine free throws. I mean, I don't think he's complaining about the refs. I think he's saying that Coleman is complaining about the refs. I don't think Coleman complaining to the refs makes the refs change their calls in a game like this, especially. I don't think that matters. I do think that there's something to the fact that it's 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 a lot with him. He does it a lot. I think that could be a problem down the road. Um, but I just don't think that our biggest takeaway from this game should be Coleman Hawkins, this Coleman, like it's the fourth year of this. And obviously he's playing and he's got a bigger presence on this team that he's had his entire career, the last two seasons, especially, but I don't feel like our takeaway from this game should be more Col- Coleman Hawkins discourse. Cause I don't think we need that in a win over Oakland. I think our talk should be more about, how good Terrence Shannon, how hard Terrence Shannon played or how well Quincy Garrier played. Like he did everything on both ends. That's, that's what we should be talking about as opposed to the issues, which might, you know, if Coleman is like this tomorrow night, then yeah, it's going to be a serious problem. But I also think that you have to understand this is what he's been for most of his career. 
Yeah, I think people were just kind of hoping that he'd grow out of it. Is that, is that so bad to ask? Yeah, for? I don't think it was that apparent in this game. Like, I think it was a couple like plays. You're a, you're a senior. Yeah, but. Uh, Steve says championships are attitude, Ethan, and his attitude makes a difference in the long run, looking to the future. It's also one player. we got to remember that. <laughs> kind of expect more from Hawkins this year. That's a, that's my thing. I think I think you just kind of expect more. And, and again, he was fantastic in the nine minutes when Illinois looked good. Illinois looked good for about nine minutes this game. And Coleman was really good in that stretch. The whole team was really good in that stretch. So um, Damask started. Um, he was three of seven, one of four from three, seven points, one assist. He had three turnovers. Um, he he did make a three later in the game that mattered. Other than that, he was just kind of on the floor. I mean, he played 28 minutes, but he didn't do anything he really – noticed or took away from um didn't didn't even get a rebound which you know he he had been crashing the boards underwood had a good quote today um in his thing for marquette and he said good offensive rebounding teams don't accept a blockout and illinois has been accepting blockouts they've been letting people block them out and not going after balls so um they they got to get that fixed, especially especially against Marquette. I mean that's it's it's completely different. So, um, but you know Illinois held a premier offensive team to fifty three points. So, you're all right, Ethan. Yeah, I think premier is a very strong word. <laughs> I mean that's what the man said. I'm just looking at some of the numbers. <laughs> okay, uh, Ty Rogers. He was five of eight from the field, zero uh, for one from the line, ten points, two rebounds, one assist, one turnover. I think there's something to the way that Oakland defended that made it a little harder on guys like Damask to get passes across because uh, they were playing hard out to the perimeter. Uh, I think they were trying to take away a little bit of what Illinois does best, which is inside the three-point line, which I think that made it a little harder on a guy like Damask. There's a couple of forced passes, um, but I think he'll be fine. Yeah, I feel like Illinois at, at some points overpassed in this game, which is you yeah. know weird to say, but um, – Ty Ty was in that spot to start the game where Quincy Garrier ended up the game, you know, kind of behind the behind the zone on the blocks. So, you know, that's playing your point guard there is a nice little benefit to have. But you kind of see like where this team might struggle not having a a true point guard to kind of just mellow out a team when the offense isn't running well. So uh, but I, but I thought he was good. Um, he was a big part of, you know, a twenty or a shot clock violation with his defense. Um, it just seemed like all those guys late in the game really locked down on defense. I think it was Goody, Coleman, um, Garrier, Rogers, and Terrence Shannon. I think were kind of the the main catalyst there. I think Damask didn't play much towards the end, if I remember right. Is that right? I don't remember. I figured. Um, fly the dub. Oakland gives teams fits with her one-three-one zone. Yeah, because you never see. You don't see it that often. So, uh, squared circle square says Hawkins has seen how his new teammates are gelling. They don't need a, need forty points from him, but he could if he wanted. That's a little much. <laughs> that is a little much. But the thing about Coleman is, is I think he knows he doesn't need to score. And he's going to continue to facilitate, and that's what that's what he does best. So, uh, just calm down on the no look passes. Just, Unbelievable just throw I just made. Uh, yeah, 
was it no look? No, I was looking. I hit it into the corner. It hit into the Victor Hovland magazine, but whatever, you know, I'll fix it. Pretty good throw, though. <laughs> Jeff said he was impressed by Rogers the last game. Felt he played solid. Yeah, I he, he had a solid game. And I mean, what do you think about the fact that it seemed like Illinois kind of shortened, changed their rotation to like a real game type rotation against Oakland? Yeah, it it tightened up real quick in this yeah. game. It seemed like uh, you didn't Terrence see. Shannon- Terrence Shannon played 37. Yeah. Damask, Gary Hawkins played 28. Ty played 24. Danger played 19. It felt like at least 10 of that was in the first half or more. Yeah. Uh, Goody 18, DGL 12, and Harmon only played six. Yeah. Harmon, Harmon is like an odd man out in the second half because I think there's other guys that do exactly what he does. Right. And I, I think Harmon's one of those guys, like if he's not going, it doesn't hurt that he that he isn't on the floor, you know? I, yeah, I also like don't think he really even got a chance to get going. That's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, they you know, no Hansberry this game, no Moretti this game. Uh, so you kind of kind of see what the rotation is gonna be more like. Uh Goody played a lot towards the end of the game over Damask, which I thought was interesting. But again, I Damask just kind of he he wasn't rebounding. And I think that's kind of a big thing that Brad, you know, if you, if you're not going after rebounds, you're not going to play as much. So, um, Danger, I thought had a really good game. Uh, five for eight, ten points, seven rebounds, a block. Um, he did have three free throws. He missed them all. Uh, I didn't mention it in the watch party, but I noticed it. Like he he changed his free throw shooting style. Right, he used to go behind the back. Never even looked anymore. Um, his his form just seems weird. He starts on the wrong side of his body. When Illinois. It's well, you so, know who else does that? What? Kevin Durant does that. Yeah, well, that's an NBA player. Kevin Durant did in college. <laughs> yeah, I think you mean to say that's a basketball player with a lot more talent than <laughs> there you go. Danger. Uh, but I think squirrel squir- Jesus. Squared <laughs> squared. All right, here we go. Hard I to think say. This, this guy's gotta be a troll, right? Like what what are these takes? Come on. <laughs> Yeah, Sincere Harris seems to be showing fake love on the bench. I think Sincere is happy to be there. I, I think know. Sincere is about as sincere of a player as there is on this team. I agree. Uh, Jeff says Dane plays well when he plays with passion or fire. Or when he has a good matchup against guys who can't guard him when most good teams have players that can guard him. Yeah. And when Illinois gets him the ball in the right spot. Also, stop bringing the ball down. When you get the ball, stop bringing yeah. it down. Yeah, it seems like he has to try to power dribble every time. Just he's got to try to spin somebody, away. you know, out of bounds. He's got to he's got to make some moves to you know shake him, you know, spin him, shake him. All this weird. <laughs> yeah, um, he did run the floor well. He he had a nice breakaway play. Uh, I can't remember who was running with him, but uh, he got a nice breakaway dunk or layup. I believe um, it was at the hoop rim. Whatever. Um, everybody during the watch party kept saying, Why isn't Dane playing more? Yeah, why isn't Dane playing more? Brad Underwood said, quote, I probably would have left Dane in if he would have just not gotten tired. So he's also a sinner. Like what's that is why plays? Dane Danger is not playing more. He's still he, he's a big body to throw around there for a long period of time. So I think 20 minute, 20 to 25 minute Dane Danger is all we're going to get this year. I don't care how good he's playing. I just don't think that he can keep up. 
So makes it kind of amazing that Kofi played as much as he did. Yeah. Like Kofi in his last season, 28, 32, 38, 32, 26, 30, 33, 26, 29, 24, 28, 30, 33, 22, 30, 33, 25, 27, 28, 32, 31, 24, 34, 34, 34, 33, 35, 38. I mean, those are all his minutes. That's a lot of minutes. And he was putting up numbers. So it's not yeah. what Dane Danger is. Uh, Jeff says he lacks confidence. I I don't think he lacks confidence. No. Honestly, I think that he thinks he is. I mean, he might have too much confidence. Honestly, sure. uh, he also says he wants to see DGL sprinkled in more. Um, yeah, uh, DGL went zero for three, zero for one from three, two rebounds, played twelve minutes. I, I mean, the, the bench besides, I mean, Danger really didn't do a whole lot. Um, Goody was over two, both threes, um, two rebounds, a turnover. He played 18 minutes in Harmon. We already talked about him. He played six minutes. He made a free throw, got one point. Uh, Underwood did say about Harmon that he had a great practice today. So, yeah, and you know great. how Brad, he might be loves starting that. tomorrow. He also said that, uh, Dane had his best two practices of the year back to back. So watch out Marquette. Yeah. Big trouble. <laughs> sure, Dane will be able to score on Igadaro. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, other notes and quotes. Uh, eight for 16 from the line. Uh, Brad said, quote, I don't know. We practice them all the time. You got to step up and you got to make them. It's not like we have bad shooters. Terrence missed more in the Eastern game than he did all last season. <laughs> we'll uh, make them. I have all the confidence in the world. We did it down the stretch. So. Don't worry, I, guys. They're going to make free throws. <laughs> Why does Brad make so many things up? I don't know. I guess he means he didn't miss five in a game last season, which is probably true. Probably, yeah. But Because it wouldn't make sense otherwise. I think the most he missed in the game last year upon research here is three. Yeah. He's already missed seven this year. Yeah, he's he's six. 80, 80, 85% last year, and what is he right now? Well, he's he, he, he shot 79% last year. Oh, well, Brad said he uh, shot 84. He shot 83 his freshman year at Texas oh. Tech. Uh, but 79 last year was his best prior. Uh, 46 this year. Ouch. 46. Um, he's uh, 46 from the free throw line, 38 from three, which isn't bad. Not bad. Yeah. Illinois, four of 16 from three. Uh, I don't mind him shooting 25% if they only take 16 of them. I will say that they are 341st in free throw shooting this season. This did, season, did they go a game last year shooting under 23s? Let's uh, that's gonna no take way. a lot of research. That's fine. Um, nine turnovers, so kept turnovers under 10, 13 assists. Brad talked today about how this was like a 60 possession game, so it was a lot slower than what we're gonna see against Marquette, but uh. Oh, I, I said earlier, Illinois ended on a 22 to three run. And then of course, Oakland made five points in the last minute to make this game 64, 53 instead of 64, 48. But that's just how it goes with Illinois closing out games. Um, Underwood, a couple other things from him. He said, quote, in a night where we didn't make free throws, we didn't make layups. We didn't make dunks. 
and we didn't make threes, the flow, the disruptions, that's everything our program is about, is finding a way to win a game when none of those things go your way. It was really ugly, and I love that. Underwood was happy this game was ugly. I don't know about all that, but uh, (laughs) yeah, Wisconsin last season, January 7th, the 0-3 start in the Big Ten, Sky Clark gone game. They shot 19 threes. So uh, there's one. Found one. 10 for 19 in that game. Coleman, 6 for 9. That's uh, that's interesting. Um, but, yeah, they only took 16 threes in this game. They also only took 18 against Michigan State, so there's two. Already found two games. Two of their first 17 games last season, they shot fewer than 20 threes, and they won both of the games they did that. Uh, last season against Michigan State, when Michigan State was 0 for 7 from 3, Illinois only took 18 threes, so there's two of them right there. Oh, here's three of them. When they beat Minnesota by 18, they shot 16 threes. Uh, when they lost to Indiana at State Farm Center by 15, they took 19 threes. Uh, so there's four. So they didn't shoot. I think it's just because Meyer took so many. I think yeah, that's one, one guy's taken 11. By the way, in that game against Wisconsin, Coleman was six for nine from three. So that's another outlier yeah. right there. Yeah. Um, Underwood also said, quote, I haven't slept very good because of them. Speaking of Oakland, we play these games for a reason. <sighs> Considered mid-major programs, but that's an old team. Nobody likes playing Oakland. You know you are going to be in for a dogfight because you know you are going to see zone and a great offense. Talk about that offense again. Scored 48 points. Uh, He said, I'm happy we won it really ugly. I think there's something to the Oakland thing. I mean, you look at the track record a little bit. Uh, They only lost by six to Ohio State. Yeah. Um, Their offense, I think people think it's good because they have white shooters. Uh, which I think might you know not matter at all when they're facing a team with Ty Rogers and Terrence Shannon guarding the perimeter, which I think is something that the Oakland head coach said after the game, like those guys can really guard, which good point by him. Uh, but they also slow the game down a lot. And they take some wild shots, especially, of course, Golke. Of course, this is only his first season there, but they have a lot of continuity and experience. Like there's a lot of four-year guys here. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just – I mean, I don't think that they're going to be a very good team in the horizon this year. So they're going to win a lot of games, is what I heard. I would say they're probably sixth or seventh in that conference, which that conference, by the way, features the likes of uh, Cleveland State, Wright State, Youngstown State, Milwaukee, Northern Kentucky, IPFW, who beat somebody. Didn't they? Didn't Fort Wayne beat somebody? No, maybe that was somebody else. Oh, yeah, they beat DePaul by yeah, eight. They beat DePaul. God, DePaul is <laughs> awful. Uh, Robert Morris, IUPUI, Detroit, Mercy, Green Bay. That's the entire Horizon League. So, Thank you for um, that. Thank yeah, you. They, that, that league is bad defensively. There's a couple decent offensive teams, but defensively, awful. Uh, but Oakland, yeah, I think Oakland is not – any good at all. And I think everything Brad's saying is just something that coaches say. So yeah, Brad's very good at coach speak. So um, elite, some would say some would say elite, uh, but yeah, so you, you get those East, you get Eastern out of the way, you get Oakland out of the way. Now you have Marquette coming. So <clears throat> yeah, much about choked. That was okay. close. Yeah. Um, yeah. Illinois up to number 23 in the poll. Marquette up to four. I think the top three right now is what? Kansas, Purdue, Arizona. Is that right? 
I had no idea. I don't know. Pretty sure it is. <laughs> uh, so Marquette only behind them. Do you still have your whiteboard from the watch party? How close were you? I erased it, but somebody can go back and find it. Um, I erased it back. instantly. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, both teams are undefeated on the year, 2-0. and I think Illinois has played the better opponent out of the two that Marquette played. Eh, maybe not. I think Northern Illinois might be better than Oakland. I think Ryder might be close, but – uh, either way, it's been an interesting game. It's a Gavit game, I guess. Uh, I guess that's a thing still. Uh, 7 p.m. Hey, Central last, tomorrow last night. There you go. Uh, FS1. Uh, it starts tonight. We'll get into that when we go around the Big Ten. Um, I don't know how many games there are for this. I mean, it's always a weird number, like only so many teams playing it. Okay, I got it. Uh, eight games. So. 88 conference, yeah. Uh, it goes up until the 17th. Uh, Butler, Michigan State on the 17th. So, uh, first big test of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brad had a press conference today. Did you listen to it? I think you might know the answer to that. No, it's probably the answer. How many times do you think he said elite today in this press conference? How long was it? Uh, I think it was like 12 minutes, maybe 12 to 13. 18 times. <laughs> well, that's a little extreme. I don't know. That's over uh, an elite per minute. I think that's about right. uh, nine, which I thought was still an insane amount. But it's not as fun that I guessed 18. <laughs> it's not now. Yeah, you kind of ruined it. But yeah, whatever. Who cares? Nine elites. So uh, Marquette is. 2-0 in the season, like I said. Uh, they won 92-70 over Northern Illinois and 95-65 over Ryder. A lot of guys returning from last season. Last season's team won the Big East uh, tournament. I think they won the regular season as well. Yeah, it's, that feels right. Uh, even if they didn't, whatever. Um, they were <laughs> two seeds. They were two seeds. I look over, they lost to Michigan State in round two. Uh, they definitely won the Big East tournament. I remember that. Did they? Yeah. No. Right. Okay. Uh, they've scored 40 plus points in all four halves this season, which isn't a surprise. Their, their offense with everybody back. They have an all American, probably the only truly uh, Brad Underwood would say elite elite. Yeah. True point guard in the, in the country right now, he, I would say. He um, could definitely say it about this team. So yeah. Uh, he's the big East preseason player of the year. He was the player of the year last year. Tyler Kolick. Uh I saw it. Go ahead. <laughs> we both like froze there. Is there a status report on him? He went out last game, right? And no clue. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna talk like he's playing. Okay. I mean, I th- I'm I'm assuming that he's gonna play. He just I think he went out with like eight minutes left and didn't come back and injured his ankle. Yeah. Maybe maybe he won't play. Wow. How about that? <laughs> uh, they're gonna see how it responds. Yeah. This I could change we'll everything. Uh, we're just gonna assume like he's playing. Um, Big East player of the year last year, preseason player of the year this year. Uh, this is the start of a tough stretch for them. Not that Illinois is that tough of an opponent, but it is on the road. See if the Orange Crush actually, you know, does something. Yeah. Um, probably not. Uh, they play UCLA to begin Maui. Obviously, the Maui feels loaded, so they could play, you know, they could end up playing UCLA, Gonzaga, Purdue, any of those teams, I guess. I don't even know the bracket, so maybe not. But uh, there are a lot of good teams in the Maui field, and then and then also there's Syracuse. Uh, Wisconsin, they play on December 2nd, and they play Texas on December 6th. So 
Shaka Smart Revenge game on December 6th. <laughs> yeah. Um, Marquette projected lineup uh, if Kolek plays, which I think you have to assume that he will. Uh, 6'3", 195, senior, 2023 Big East player of the year, 10 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists to start the season. They also have Stevie Mitchell, uh, another guard, 6'3", 200, junior, 60% from the field thus far this season. Uh, guard Cam Jones, who Brad Underwood loves, by the way. Um, 6'5", 200, junior, 21-4-4 four and four on 56-50-87 shooting splits in the first two games. So yeah, Averaging 21 and a half. It's pretty Terrence good. Shannon will be guarding him. Uh, David Joplin at the 4'6", 225, junior, biggie, sixth man of the year last year, starting this year, quality ball player, uh, probably viewed as a glue guy. And I really stumbled over the word probably. Uh, <laughs> forward Oso Igadaro. Uh, 6'11", 235, senior, 13 points, 9 boards, 3 assists through 2 games, shooting 71% from the field. Coleman Hawkins might have some trouble here, but we'll see. Uh, they also have some young talent off the bench. They had a couple guys play double-digit minutes against Ryder, uh, both sophomores. I can't remember the names of, of them, but I can uh, get them for everybody now since I'm sure they they care. Uh, in that game against Ryder, they won by 30. They had Chase Ross, a 6'5", sophomore, put up 11 points in 22 minutes, and Ben Gold, a 6'11", sophomore, put up uh, seven points and four rebounds in 19 minutes, as well as Sean Jones, a 5'10", a little smaller guard, sophomore, had eight points and six assists in 19 minutes. So they have a lot of like their second unit that's going to matter. Those guys are going to matter a lot more a couple years from now. But it is notable that their bench is extremely young. Yeah, their double digit minute, uh, double digit minute guys off the bench against Ryder were uh, three sophomores and two freshmen. So they're young off the bench, but their starting lineup is all juniors or um, higher. And also, I think they could probably plug in one of these guards off the bench for Kolick, and it wouldn't be as big of a drop-off as it could be. Uh, given just like I think Marquette's kind of like a system team right now with the way that they play and the way that they run. Yeah. And kind of similar to Purdue in some ways, I think, with uh, some of the young talent that comes in and plays a very similar style to the older guys. Um so I think that's kind of what Marquette is. Uh, Ken Palm numbers, pretty much the opposite on both ends, except very extreme on the offensive end. Illinois adjusted offensive efficiency is 38th in the country. Marquette is 6th. Uh, adjusted defensive efficiency, Illinois 16th. Marquette 31st. Marquette is 17th in two-point percentage, 42nd in three-point percentage. Illinois 21st in two-point percentage, and 232nd in three-point percentage, naturally. Yeah. Uh, Illinois 16th in experience and 24th in average height. Marquette is 172nd in experience, which I think is because of that young bench. Um, and they're 118th in average height, which I think the experience number for Marquette will get better as they play Big East opponents because those bench guys aren't going to be playing as much, and that could be a factor in this game as well. And busting out the uh, average height numbers, huh? Yeah, 24th. I feel like Illinois is one of the biggest teams in the country. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's what Brad talked about, the big lineup uh, that he threw out there against Oakland towards the end. Illinois so. doesn't run anybody under 6'4 outside of DGL. Yeah. Also, any thoughts on the fact that Hansbury didn't play at all? I think it's insane. I talked about it during the game, and you said, "Oh, Hansbury ain't gonna play." Like, but, yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> I like Hansbury too. I think he should play over Dane. I think Dane stinks. I just it, like when the team was struggling to get offensive rebounds or any rebounds at all. I'm surprised they didn't stick Hansbury in there. I feel like Gary is still the go-to guy for that. Yeah, I just it, it just seemed weird though. I think Dane getting going 
they might have been gonna, playing. That's going to limit for Hansberry's him. time. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. If if Dane's actually playing um, how we expect Dane to play, I think that's going to limit Hansberry. If Dane's struggling, then we might get a little bit of him. But uh, I he just I just don't know if he has the the body to play yet. I mean, he's he apparently has the IQ and the tenacity, but just seems a little weaker. Um, Brad said today the three keys to this game are transition defense. As you've been saying, Marquette likes to get out and run. They like to get up shots early. Um, Illinois is going to have to run with them, or they're going to have to make shots and not let them get out and run. Um, he said that the uh, second key was running a great offense. So we'll see how, how the offense is with Brad. And the third key was continuing to guard. They got to guard like they played against Oakland and shut guys down. So uh, BU won't play Frosh much in close games. Yeah, I mean, DGL still got time, though. I guess maybe because they needed a guard out there, but I thought Hansberry would get some playing time. So I was kind of shocked. Anyways. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be I think running a great offense is is a lot to ask. <laughs> um, players to watch. I agree. Um, fly the dubs, especially down the stretch. Jeff says I wouldn't mind Quincy and Hawkins switch spots now and then. Quincy at the five. Hawkins never actually plays a true five, though. Have, did you, have you seen Hawkins? Perimeter. Have you seen Hawkins post up at all this year? He did. He didn't. Yeah, he didn't post up, but he hit like a little floater in this game. Yeah. Uh, players to watch. Um, I went with uh, Damask and Oso Igudaro. Did I get that right? Yeah. Heck yeah. Um, I I picked Damask because I think we need him to shoot a little better. I think kind of the same reason you picked Luke Goody. Um, Illinois is going to need some shooting in this game. They're going to have to make some threes. They can't go 25% from three. Um, and then I picked Oso because Brad calls him a point center. It sounded like Brad wishes that Coleman Hawkins was Oso. Um, but, uh, it'll be interesting to, you know, Coleman Hawkins guarding this guy. Uh, we're going to get to see, you know, if Coleman can handle him because Coleman has, he's been playing good defense, but he hasn't been playing elite defense. Right. Uh, you tipped my pick there, but yeah, I took Goody. I think he needs it's to on the screen. make some threes. Uh, you tipped my pick for the podcast listeners. Oh. Uh, I don't know why I said keep making threes. Uh, for some reason, I thought he made one in the last game, but I guess that was just Damascus. So there you go. Uh, Wesley says, not crazy about Ty at PG on the offensive side, but him on Kolick on defense I think will be pretty effective. It's kind of weird that you said PG there, but whatever. It's cool. <laughs> um, apparently, Brad said Goody's been shooting the cover off the ball. I guess that's got to be in practice, right? Yeah, in practice. He's 0 for 2. In this he game. was talking – he talked up Harmon in practice. He talked up Dane in practice. And he talked up Goody in practice. So – Can I just say this? Uh, coaches talk way too much. Just so you know, that's – that's. I mean, that's who's going to be playing because that's all Brad base games on is who plays well in practice. Right. Uh, <laughs> I On the Marquette side, I picked Cam Jones. I believe it was in an interview with our guy, uh, John got Austin. got a shirt on, yeah. Yeah, where uh, where uh, Underwood said Cam Jones is one of the most underrated players in the country, and said he'll play at the NBA level. Essentially, I it wasn't really the quote, but I kind of 
took those pieces. I mean, he's averaging 22 a game and 50% from three. I don't think that people are not – I mean, I don't think he's under. Well, I think – no, I think the thing is when (laughs) people talk about – Yeah, when people talk about Marquette, they talk about the Big East Player of the Year. Right. They don't talk about Cam Jones, but little do they realize that Cam Jones uh, was a killer last year too. Like he not not as great from three, pretty shaky inconsistencies from three. But he was good enough to shoot 36%. I mean, and he was good enough to shoot, you know, make five of them against St. John's at the end of the season, make four of them against Michigan State in a game they lost. He made seven of them against DePaul, who's essentially a D3 program at this point. Uh, my God, what a disgusting, sorry-ass program that is. Um, just starting the year losing to Purdue-Fort Wayne and Long Beach State. Long Beach State's pretty good, but you're at home. You got to win that. Uh, DePaul is should not even. DePaul should be out of the Big East Conference. That's should be no question. Send Rutgers back to the Big East. Take DePaul out. Put DePaul in. Uh, you know, in AIA, whatever. So, anyway, you think that this is a game like Illinois has to limit Cam Jones to under like fifteen to win this game? No, I think this is a game where you just look at it and Illinois is either going to be completely non-competitive or they're going to win. That's which true. which doesn't reflect my prediction at all, but I still think they're going to be down like 15 with 10 minutes to go and then make a little bit of a run, which is still non-competitive. Uh, Jeff said, watch a lot of games. Seems like there is only a handful of teams that are really good. I mean, it's one week, so I think it's hard to say right now. Like, I still think Duke is really good. I know they lost. I think Arizona might be better than I thought, which I was very high on Arizona. I have them in the. I had them in the Final Four preseason. Yeah. So I think Arizona, when it comes to guard play, it's going to matter a lot. I think Caleb Love in that system is is more effective. Jaden Bradley, I've been high on. He's done a ton for them yet, and obviously Kylan Boswell, who should have gone to Illinois, that was a miss there for Brad. Yeah, it was. Uh, Crypto says, just got here. Has anyone fired Ethan up yet? Yes. Uh, there was some Coleman Hawkins uh, dissing earlier, and Ethan said only I can diss Coleman Hawkins. So, Yeah, that's a reach by you, but okay. You know how it is. Predictions. Here we go. Um, I got Illinois getting beat by double digits. Uh, Illinois 62, Marquette 73. Hate to say it, but the way that Illinois has been playing the last couple games – um, the slow starts, you, if you do that against Marquette, you're going to get down early. Uh, and I hope they show up to this game. I really do. But I just I just don't see it. I think this 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 pick by you lacks a little bit of spine. Very easy oh. pick to make. Um, I think mean? Illinois loses by five. But I also think that Illinois is not going to be in the game as much as we want them to be at home. Question. Um, Did we pick Illinois to win this game in the preseason I don't remember, <laughs> but I want to say that I did, but maybe I didn't. I don't think I did. Huh? I could go either way on that one. I don't remember. I don't what episode was that? Like 172 or something? 173? Uh, lost to Marquette, lost to Marquette. We both picked him to lose to Marquette. So we're sticking by our guns, we're good, boys. We're good, we're good, we're good. Sticking by our guns. Uh, Crypto says, nice. I'll watch the replay then. Uh, Jeff said, see Jay Nepp's numbers last game. I, I saw that know. his team lost to Holy lost. Cross. Yeah. Holy Cross is 300. Louisville lost too, right? To yeah. Somebody? To uh, Chattanooga. Uh, but this is even worse. Holy Cross is 309th. 
<laughs> on Ken Palm. So that's like Illinois losing to Eastern. Of course, Georgetown's nowhere near as good as Illinois. Who cares that, wow, Jaden Epps was 7 for 19 from the field, had 22 points and three assists and three turnovers. They lost to Holy Cross. Who cares about his numbers? Good for him. You lost to Holy Cross. Congrats. <laughs> Come on. True. Yeah, so hopefully Illinois comes out. They prove us wrong. But at, at this point right now, I just I can't take him to win this game. Also, Jaden Epps is not really doing anything better than he did last year except for assists. Like uh, he's shooting thirty. I know it's only two games. He's shooting thirty-three percent from uh, from three and forty-five percent from inside that, which is worse than he did last season, which was fifty. One thing he is doing, he's five for five from the free throw line. He would probably be two for five if he was still here. That's true. Uh, I did see that uh, Georgetown's Twitter department, social media said Jaden Epps with a dagger three, and then they go on to lose the game. I don't think they know what a dagger is, but that yeah, that's um, weird. Uh, hey, Ethan, what is Sanford's record? Let's go to around the Big Ten. <laughs> uh, 45-05 on that timestamp. Um, are we going to have an argument about how Purdue's not good because they because they because I talked of them beating Sanford? First of all, Sanford, yeah, they, they wow, they lost to VCU. I mean, I don't think VCU's that good, but still, you know, Sanford wouldn't be favored in that game. Yeah. Uh, is your point still about a Purdue's not as good as we think? I, I don't. I don't understand because Purdue, by all accounts, has looked about as good as anybody. And we're going to learn Purdue play somebody soon, right? They play Xavier tonight, which I don't think Xavier's a world beater, but they're a top forty metric team. I think Xavier's going to get the doors blown off off of them by Purdue. You can write that down right now. That's I would low. be shocked if Purdue doesn't win by double digits tonight. And then they play Gonzaga at Maui uh, next Monday. So that's another win. Like this Purdue team, I don't care what anybody says. Purdue is one of the best teams in the country. Uh, and should, should I change be. around the Big Ten to 46 minutes? Not cool. That's okay. cool. Talk about Purdue. They're a Big Ten team, are they not? <laughs> uh, yeah, I just don't understand. Oh, you're talking about Samford, honestly. Well, Samford's 0-2. It's a tough start for our guys. Um, you know. They're not very good, but they're also not very bad. I don't know. They're very old. I think that's a lot of why their metrics were pretty decent to start the year. Like they're super old. They have like all seniors and juniors. Uh, but no, they're not a world beater by any means. But I still think you can't say it's not like Purdue made them look like a D3 school with how many of these mid-major teams or low-major teams that are going in to places and winning or keeping it close. I'll give you a few examples since you asked. Uh Army looked terrible, lost two games start the season. Hung around with Indiana last night. Uh, Chattanooga beat Louisville. I know Louisville doesn't really count as a high major team, but that happened. James Madison, who's ranked now, by the way, which is kind of weird. I think that may be a bit of an overreaction. It's a decent team, but let's relax a little bit. Uh, they had to go to overtime against whoever they played after Michigan State to win, which wasn't a bad opponent, but, you know, whatever. Uh, James Madison beats Michigan State. There are a lot of teams like Samford that are top 150 metric teams that go on the road against high major highly ranked teams and keep it close. This game was 51 to 17 at the half. Purdue is an 18 point favorite tonight. Yeah. Purdue Purdue's the best team in the country. And I can't believe anybody thinks otherwise. It's not even close. I don't know why we have to do this every episode, but Hey, why are they Jeff, ranked? Jeffrey's second? got an ankle, an ankle, an, an ankle. ankle. <laughs> you might have two of those. Might. Might. Good. Good. Anyways, what else is going on around the big 10? Why is Purdue ranked second? Probably because everybody's stupid. True. 
it's not a principle. They they have to keep Kansas one. Which I know it was a Kansas. Yeah, I mean, Kansas has destroyed both of their opponents. They haven't played anybody. They play Kentucky tomorrow. That'll be fun. Great, Illinois. great night, great week of college basketball. Like the next two weeks are going to be huge because you have feast week next week, and then this entire week has some good stuff. Uh, Andy, oh my God, do we have to do this? Cats <laughs> putting Tennessee above Arizona. I don't good. think it's. I don't think it's that crazy. We I do don't. play Purdue twice. Arizona oh, and UConn is better than Purdue. Okay, let's 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 relax and take these one by one. Okay, <laughs> uh, Andy Katz is so unbelievably irrelevant and bad at what he does, where it's like, why do we even care? I like Arizona a lot, but I don't think it's that outrageous to put Tennessee above them. Tennessee is probably the best defensive team in the country, and you're going to see that when Illinois goes three for 26 against them from three and scores 50 points. Uh, they win in there, beat Wisconsin by double digits. A Wisconsin team that has a good offense. Uh, Wisconsin scored 70 because they have a good offense. But I think Tennessee – like, Tennessee's really good. Dalton Connect, good player. Uh, Northern Colorado is very good. Uh they also have Josiah Jordan James back. They have and Zakai Ziegler back. That, can't Jacoby believe back. That he tries to pronounce his K because it's not how you pronounce that. Sure. I don't um, knock on wood, okay? Jeffrey says Tennessee is overranked. They're overranked because they beat a top, probably Wisconsin objectively a top 30 team in the country probably. They're overranked because they went in there and beat them by 10 points. Okay, that makes makes a lot of sense. Uh, also, use the wrong form of there. They're not their only truth. You know, maybe get that right next time. Uh, <laughs> Josiah Jordan James is a good basketball player. I think it's kind of insane to say that he's not a threat. We've gone he's off the rails, leader. folks. It's his fifth off season. He put up uh, 14 points, six boards against Wisconsin. Also, Viscovi's a good three-point shooter. Been there for years. Zakai Ziegler's a really good defensive player, so I guess not threat. But like that's that's such a weird thing. I feel like he's trying to get under my skin. Um, I think that's what everybody's trying to do. Yes. Okay, that's good. I like it. That's good for the for the brand. Um, How many points yeah. did Tennessee give up to Michigan? What did Tennessee play Michigan? Maybe he's talking about Michigan State in yeah. that scrim image or exhibition. I think so yeah. Yeah, I think they'll get. I think they. I think Tennessee has the rare ability to be good in a shootout. Right? Yeah. Be good in a shootout. You said they didn't really play defense that game. You were whining, like playing. Like they, they are the the rare team that can play either style. Where they can play a fifty to forty game, they can play an 85-75 game. Um, Which I don't think there's that many teams that can do. I think Purdue could probably do that. One fifteen, one eleven was Michigan Marquette, I believe. Michigan beat them by four, which was a four-quarter game, by the way. Eight more minutes. Yeah, yeah, eight more minutes. Forty-eight minute game, uh, and Michigan. We'll get to them. Uh, anyway, what else was I gonna? Yeah. Arizona I have and UConn. No idea. Arizona and UConn better than Purdue. You'd be okay with that, right? If it were true, yes, but I don't think it's true right now. Um, UConn I, all those teams. I do like UConn quite a bit. They haven't played anybody yet. They play Indiana on a neutral next uh, this Sunday. That'll be interesting. I think with the way Indiana looks, I would think UConn's going to kill them. But also I've been pretty impressed with what we've seen from Khalil Ware uh, at at, uh, at UConn. Uh, but I wonder about his ability to take on Donovan Klingon. Uh, but UConn just got guys everywhere. I think they're just so, so good. Uh, and I think maybe in a couple months they will be better than Purdue. But right now I think Purdue's better than them or Arizona. I, I like Arizona a lot. Uh, but, you know, 
I don't think that's the most outrageous thing. I think you should try harder to get me mad than saying Arizona UConn better than Purdue. It's not true. Purdue's the best team. You've, you've went on a rant for six minutes. I think he's fired you up enough. Did you watch Tennessee Wisconsin game? Uh, not really. I mean, the popped in a little bit in the second half. Um, I think it. The score is the least surprising thing I've ever seen. Right? I mean, Wisconsin keeps it close. They're at home. Tennessee's better. Wisconsin puts up some points. They can't guard well enough, even though Wisconsin's pretty well balanced. Um, now you just put Samford. Okay. All right, move, moving along. Tonight, Gavitt Games, Michigan at St. John's to kick it off tonight. This will be a very interesting game. I think Michigan does beat them. Um, I don't think this St. John's team is even tournament worthy at this right now, but it's very early. But I don't think they survived the Big East. I don't think they're good enough defensively. Yeah. They give up 74 points at home to a bad Stony Brook team. That's tough. That's not acceptable. Uh, but that is uh, at St. John's tonight. I think Michigan wins that. Who do you think wins that? Uh, Michigan. And then I think Purdue kills Xavier. So that's the other one tonight. Uh, the rest of the Gavit games, I'll just give you my picks while we're here. Uh, tomorrow, Wisconsin, Providence. Give me the Badgers to go on the road and win that game. Uh, weird easy Marquette, Illinois. So that would be right now three to one big 10 with our picks, uh, Iowa at Creighton. I would take Creighton there. I think that's a pretty easy pick. Yeah. Uh, I'll take Rutgers, even though they haven't looked great Rutgers over Georgetown. So that is now four to two big 10. I'm sure you agree, right? Uh, sure. Georgetown stinks. <laughs> uh, Maryland at Villanova. Give me Nova, uh, yeah. four, three. And then Michigan State beats Butler. So an easy 5-3 victory for the Big Ten. Congrats to everybody. Uh, a victory for the Big Ten with Illinois, Iowa, and uh, Maryland is the losers, by the way. So you can blame them for whether the Big Ten wins it or not. <laughs> uh, early impressions of teams. I think Michigan's look good. I know they haven't played anybody, but they've been very good in their two games, especially offensively. They look really, really good. Yeah. Um, they scored 99-92. Defensively, I think a 30-point win over Youngstown State is kind of impressive in some ways and maybe not now that I say it. Um, I don't know. Youngstown State's not what they were last season. We'll just mm. we'll just uh, leave that there. Uh, Michigan State has been bad from three. They're one for one uh, or one one for one in, uh, in, in victories and losses. One for one, so one for two overall, one and one record. Boom. Uh, they're 351st in the country in three-point percentage. They're shooting 6.5% from three. Um, against Southern Indiana, they shot one for 11. So they are now two for 31 on the season from three. So you think Illinois is bad from three. Take that. <laughs> uh, Maryland, whew, not a good start for Maryland, the team that I thought was the fourth best team in the Big Ten. They are one and two. They lost neutral site games to Davidson and UAB. Essentially the opposite of last season. Yeah, uh, Maryland's been very surprising to come out this bad. And the reason I say the opposite of last season is because last season they had neutral side victories where they beat St. Louis by 28 and they beat Miami by 18. So that's why it's the opposite of last season. Uh, Maryland, I'd be a bit concerned right now if I were a Maryland fan. They don't score enough. Less than 70 points all three games. Fly the Dub says, how many times have we seen teams look great in non, non-con then fall apart once conference starts? 
I mean, if you have a terrible non-conference schedule. Wesley says, taking the over on Iowa versus Creighton. Yep. I don't know what the over-under is, but okay. And Jeffrey high. says, Iowa State looks fair. <clears throat> Swing and a miss. Um, I'm in the big ten. <laughs> uh, Indiana, not a great start for them. I told I you. Think, yeah, I think it's just they're letting these teams hang around. Then they turn it up a little bit. But then it's like still, like, how are you not better? You yeah. know? I don't know. I know there's a lot of new pieces there. And there's a lot of inconsistent guys. And I think there's a little bit of concern there. With that, uh, but I mean, Army and Florida Gold Coast both hung around. Uh, those are a six point win over FGCU and an eight point win over Army. Army, by the way, went into that game with losses, uh, they lost by 16 to Marist and they lost by 13 to Stonehill. So, their closest, their 0 3, their closest loss of the season was Indiana. They're 356th in adjusted offensive efficiency. They shot 34% and made 13 threes against Indiana. So as good as Indiana looks defensively in, in certain spots, that's not good. You can't get bombed from three against a team like Army. Can't happen. Can't have it. I'm trying to find the over-under in Iowa, Creighton. Still, I don't even think it's up yet. I see you have uh, Rutgers struggle with Bryant. Speaking of Bryant, um, Illinois offered Dietrich Richardson – uh, scholarship who is DJ Richardson's nephew. Um, so some lineage there. The only reason that Bryant makes me think of it is because me and Ethan were talking about it, and like the top five players in Illinois all have offers from Bryant, which is weird. So. Offers might get pulled now with Grasso resi- resigning. <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't coaching this season yet, there were some off court issues there. Uh, but yeah, Rutgers. I don't think it should be surprising that Rutgers hasn't looked great. Uh, they are what they are. They're not a good offensive team, and they're a good defensive team. Yeah. They're 302nd in the country from three. They turn the ball over a lot. Um, and yeah, I mean they're they're not a good offensive team. They've scored less than 70 in all of their games thus far. They uh, beat Bryant by nine. That was closer than it probably should have been. They dominated a terrible BU team, and then uh, Princeton, they lost by seven. So I do think the Georgetown Rutgers game will be a little bit interesting. Uh, And I think it's maybe a bit strong to say Rutgers sucks. I feel like when you say a team sucks, you're talking about they suck at everything. And I think Rutgers has a good defense and some talent that I think will take some time to develop. But they have Andre uh, Hyatt uh, back, Cliff is back, Simpson another year to grow. Um, they got a guy named Antoine Woolfolk, who's a, a second-year big man. Um, Noah Fernandez transferred from UMass. Uh, I think it'll take some time for Rutgers to look good, but I think they'll have their patented stretch where they look like a tournament team. Then they'll probably miss the tournament, but uh, there you go. And then finally, uh, missed opportunities with Wisconsin Ohio State losing at home to Tennessee and Texas A&M. Would have been a good spot for the Big Ten to be like, hey, we can beat some of these good SEC teams. You know, let's be honest. If we're the Big Ten right now, we we didn't put our best guys against those. Two. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, it's true. You know, yeah. Probably the two of the three or four best teams in in the SEC up against what, like the fourth and sixth or seventh best teams in the Big Ten. So, you know, we didn't have our best guys on it, but uh, you know, gave it a go. I think Kentucky is the best team in the the SEC. That's my take right now. 
I, actually, I'll say this. I think Kentucky, when we get to February, will be the best team in the SEC. So, and I think Tennessee will be third. I think it'll be Kentucky one, Texas A&M two, Tennessee three, Alabama four, Arkansas five. Also, that contradicts my Tennessee pick in the SEC preseason. I've completely flipped already. I think Kentucky's the best team in that conference. So, <laughs> take that. Uh, tough opponents coming up in the Big Ten. Illinois has Marquette tomorrow. Michigan State has Duke tomorrow. Iowa has Creighton tomorrow. And then Maryland has Villanova. So, some tough opponents upcoming. And you also have to remember that Purdue – will be in Maui next week against some really hard opponents, as well as uh, future scouting Big Ten. UCLA has some tough opponents next week as well. So shout out to uh, our guys at UCLA who are uh, Big Ten family. Coming soon. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's good. I'm tired. Thought that went well. <laughs> it was great. Um as always, uh, we'd like to thank Alamo Steakhouse and Saloon at 700 Broadway Avenue in Mattoon, Illinois. Uh, you can find them at www.alamo-steakhouse.com. Uh, November specials, uh, they are closed on Mondays, which is today, right? Because I, I got mm-hmm. that messed up last time. Um, but tomorrow they do have that turkey pot pie that I talked about last in the last episode. Friday they have a citrus glazed mahi-mahi. Um, their featured special this month is a chili cheeseburger topped with chili, crispy onions, and a pepper jack cheese. Um, as always, thank you to the Alamo Steakhouse and Saloon for sponsoring us. Um, if you would like to be a sponsor for one of our episodes or the watch parties, um, please reach out to us on Twitter, or you can email us at Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, comment, review, give us one star, whatever you guys want to do. Um, we appreciate you all. Thanks for hanging out with us, as always. Whew. After show. After Got a show. couple of interesting things here real quick. Oh. Uh, I just had somebody reply to me. On February 15, 2016, I tweeted uh, that I would trade Blake Griffin and Lance Stevenson to the Nuggets for uh, Kenneth Reed, Danilo Gallinari, Will Barton, and Nikola Jokic. A couple of Nuggets fans just came after me saying, this is why I'm not working in the NBA uh, and then the other one said, yeah, question mark. So that's on me. I just want to address that. Very weird that a tweet from seven years ago gets brought up now when the guy won a championship and MVP two years. He's been elite for the last three years. So I don't understand why that happened. Uh, and then a couple of things in the comments here. Think of how Louisville fans feel. Yeah, well, guess what? Uh, they got a championship. Whether it's vacated or not, they got a championship. And uh, now they have to you know, deal with the fact that their coach stinks. Kenny Payne <laughs> is the worst power conference coach in the country. And I don't think it's a question. Like, I, I know people say, oh, what about Stubblefield at DePaul? He's at DePaul. Who cares? That program is so relevant. Uh, Ethan's thoughts on Dan Lanning to Texas A&M rumors. Can't be leaving right. Yeah, I didn't want to make any suicide jokes on Twitter um, about Dan Lanning leaving. So I just put a, a gif uh, that it would be really sad. I don't think it's going to happen. But I would be very upset if that happened. Uh, by the way, that's Oregon's head football coach. Uh, if he leaves for Texas, which I don't think he's going to. He's making 70 a year at Oregon. They'll bump it up to 10 if they have to to keep him. Jesus, that was loud. Uh, he uh, Jeffrey bets Purdue will lose in Maui. I don't know what that is, uh, but they might lose in Maui, yeah. Uh, uh, fly the dub, treated the lawn at Alamo today looking good. I bet it is. 
that wasn't sarcastic either. That was true. Um, and then uh, Fly That Up also said Payne is 5 and 29. Yeah, he's brutal. He's terrible. Uh, makes no sense as to why he's even there still. But, you know, it is only 34 games. There you go. All right, that's enough. <laughs> we'll be back uh, later this week. Uh, do you want to do something post-game, Marquette, tomorrow night? Yeah, we probably can. Does that take away from the podcast, you think? Uh, I mean, we could just do it as a podcast. I don't no? know if people would like that. Illinois is minus one and a half tomorrow. <laughs> Hammer Marquette plus one and a half, folks. Hammer it. Move that line. We'll try to do something tomorrow after the game. We'll figure something out. If not, we'll be back. Yeah, it might just be like an instant react for a minute. You guys can come and yell at, you know, how bad Illinois was, and then we'll do an actual show later. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll be back. We'll see you later this week or tomorrow night. Or, or both, probably both. Who knows, though? I don't know. Uh, see ya. See ya.